Well, one of these two hosts had a really good weekend in DFS. Spoiler alert, it wasn't me. Uh, the pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany, and it's you. And Chris Meany, man, I did not like Read 13 at all. I got a lot of things right, but the things I got wrong were so bad that it dragged all the good down with it. It was uh, it was a story of good intentions for lineups with Devontae Parker, lineups with uh, Cortland Sutton, lineups with Devontae Adams. But you know what? At the end of the day, my quarterbacks just completely undid all their good. Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, just to name a few. Chris Meany, I'm glad that you're in a better mood than I am because it's Monday and I am not a happy camper. <laughs> you know, season-long leagues were were a little challenging. You know, Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, these guys scoring, you know, 10 fantasy points. Uh, not great. Uh, not great at all. But uh, from DFS standpoint, pretty solid. I mean, the Line Star app was all over all over the Rams and talked about were. them at length. Uh, I'm an idiot. Know. I should have had no Rams. None. <laughs> My most successful lineup had three of them. Had Goff, Higby, and Robert Woods. And I had a lot of Cooper Cup. Um, you know, they were part of the touchdown call, the, the Cooper Cup. So um, there's a successful winner out there for sure listening to this show. But, yeah, that was, that was the success. Goff and Cup and um, Robert Woods and Higby. But there was also some disappointing performances too, particularly in the the Tampa Bay and Jacksonville game. Right, we didn't get a whole lot from from oh, Winston or Evans. And- come on, Godwin and Evans combined for a game that one of them should have had. Yeah, and you know one of them should have eight for one hundred, but no, God, really no excuse. And then Ronald Jones, who's in a good spot. I mean, definitely hard to trust in in season long formats. You take dart throws with these running backs in Tampa Bay, but you know Bruce Arians comes out today and says he was riding the hot hand. And Peyton Barber, he said Ronald Jones missed a, a blocking assignment. And then that's it. You miss a blocking assignment, you don't play, which is puzzling because Peyton Barber's missed several so far this season, and he continues to play. But so that was frustrating. And then on the other side, I mean, I'll. I'll admit, I mean, I had some DJ Chark. I had some Foles and Chark stacks. D.D. Westbrook. Uh, oh, yeah. He lots was of fine. Chark. He hooked up. But, yeah, I mean, Foles gets you negative three or one point in, in a league. So, yeah, it was there were some disappointing performances across yeah. the board. And Foles also got quarterbacks himself benched, by the way, too, Chris. I mean, yeah, yeah he's done for the year now. Benched. That's right. Done. Benched. So, uh, back to Gardner Minshew so he can have all the $80 million right now. Foles will probably be somewhere else next year. Let me tell you, like uh, three right. parts of three games with Jacksonville this year. Ah, uh, just just atrocious. One of the worst. I said it at the time, and it's even been worse than I thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah, I just same. didn't get it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Not being so desperate to throw money at a guy who's never done anything. I can understand he had one magical run for a couple games, but my God, get over it. He's not that good. If he was any good, he would have been starting the whole time. Yeah. Uh Anyway, let's talk about what was good because some of the quarterback play was good. Jared Goff, you mentioned. 424, two touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick beating your Eagles. I'm sorry, Chris. I know that was a tough one for you to take. Um, yeah, are you doing okay after that Eagles loss? That was brutal. It, it's better now just to get it out of the way. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that they have, they still have an outside chance. It's actually unbelievable to think about because this team is, it, they're just not a good football team. And even still, 
right now, I mean, looking Giants, Washington, Dallas, and the Giants to finish up the season. I mean, Dallas has a game in Chicago this week, a game against the Rams, and then the Eagles week 16. It's unbelievable to think that Philadelphia still has a chance to make the playoffs, but it's better now to get it out of the way and get it over with so that I don't have to cry myself to sleep week 16 when the Cowboys crush the Eagles. So yeah, that was brutal. I mean, the defense have been two straight weeks. The defense has been unbelievable against the Pats and the Seahawks. And Miami and they just give up a lead to the freaking give a 14 point lead in the second half. Another trick play, the third game in a row with a trick play. Yeah, maybe I'm not okay. There wasn't now, a lot of great quarterback performances either. Like, there wasn't like you know, Lamar Jackson had his 100 yards rushing, so granted yeah, that, but okay, Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes had 175. It was just kind of lackluster. Brady had 326, which was in the night game, so nobody cares on the main slate, right. And when that seemed that just happened all at once too in, yeah. in the fourth quarter with Brady. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was interesting. Like Watson was contrarian. Um, I guess that you're right. The night game, but nobody even wanted to play him in season long formats. Carson Wentz. A lot of people had question marks. He was a great <clears throat> tournament. The recency bias is is completely a thing, and it was it was on full display yesterday. It really was. I mean, with Jared Goff and the Rams getting smoked the week before on primetime, a, a complete bounce back spot for them to get right. And the same thing for Carson Wentz. All of a sudden, Nelson Aguilar returns. Alshon Jeffrey returns. Both those guys are were phenomenal and Carson Wentz puts a, a top five QB performance out there as well so it was a it was an interesting week for sure but a lot of top quarterbacks with good matchups disappointed Sam Darnold was another one Nick Foles again back to him the, these guys were were pretty disappointing yesterday for sure and um yeah I guess it goes to show that again recency bias is completely yeah. a thing mm. in, in fantasy Certainly is uh, unbelievable, but uh, yeah, look, it's uh, better to talk about the rushing leaders in this this week because you had Derrick Henry, who was just money against the Colts, who just every year when we get to this point in the season just seems to take over and look great. Maybe defenses are all, uh, tired and beat up. I don't know what's going on, but man, once you hit November 15th or so, Derrick Henry just looks great. <laughs> 26 for 149, a touchdown for him. Darius Geis only had 10 carries. We had 129 yards, two touchdowns. And he was ferocious. I cannot yeah. wait to get back into Darius Geis' business because I saw how physically he ran the football, and I was impressed. He's throwing stiff arms. He's knocking guys down. This was the Darius Geis that I've been waiting for, and we finally got it. Yeah, it's very impressive stuff for him, that run that you're talking about. The stiff arm was was amazing. Unfortunately, it just seems like we're only going to get 10 to 12 touches a game for him the rest of the way. I mean, part of that is on Carolina. They can't stop running backs. AP was solid yesterday as well, but... Green Bay, Philly, Giants coming up on the schedule. I mean, he's going to remain a, a tournament play. I don't think you're going to be able to trust him in cash. But, yeah, very positive performance from him. He was great. Okay, and other guys to talk about, too, when you were looking at uh, the rest of the rushing slate. I mean, Raheem Mostert. I mean, we got to talk about this guy. With Breida out, he stepped into that void. And another nice performance for him, low cost. I mean, I don't know what happens next week when Breida comes back. I'm not getting into it. But it was good while it lasted, at the very least. Right, Chris? Yeah, for sure. He runs hard. I like the way he really runs. It's just so tough to get involved with his 49ers backfield. I mean, Tevin Coleman is, he looks like the Tevin Coleman of last year that couldn't run between the tackles and given an opportunity. He hardly played in that football game against the Ravens yesterday. And he's just been, he's been brutal over the past few weeks. He's had basically two solid games. One of them came, you know, when he had three touchdowns, I think it may have came against Arizona. So do we even count that? So he had, he's been very disappointing, but you're right. Now Matt Breida looks like every all the reports I've seen is that Breida was pretty close to being able to play, but they wanted to give him one more week as the 49ers are set for the playoffs. They want to have a fully healthy squad. But, you know, next week against the Saints, tough team to run on. Baltimore, tough team too. Let's give most our credit, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't think I'll be able to, to play him with confidence. No, I, I don't think you can do that either. Um, looking at the rest of the running backs too, obviously, you know, starts rushing yards. Lamar Jackson was very good. A hundred on the ground for him. He's uh, pushing a thousand on the year. Melvin Gordon, 99 on the ground for him. Todd Gurley, 95 and a touchdown. Look at that. A Todd Gurley sighting. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can. Yeah. I mean, I, two weeks ago, they went to him. 25 carries, 97 yards and a touchdown. That was his best performance of the season. Then Sean McVay had said that he was going to turn things over to Todd Gurley and, and not have Jared Goff throw the ball like 40, 50 times a game, which was happening earlier. And I just didn't want to take too much stock into Baltimore. Just a different beast, six for 22. So I can believe it. Um, he still hasn't hit 100 yards on the ground yet, though, this season, which is un- kind of unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's you know. <laughs> like, he's well, so Jonathan close. Williams done it twice, right? I mean, he didn't do anything yesterday, but Williams has done it twice this year, and Gurley hasn't hit the century mark on the ground. That just shocking. depressed me. That's just depressing. The fact that you said that, <laughs> and that's that's true this year, that is just uh, disgusting. It's super depressing, Chris. Way to go. I mean, I'm already depressed coming into today, and then you hit me with a stat <laughs> like that, and it just gets worse and worse. Let's talk about the receivers because they were good. Yes. Woods had 19 freaking targets. Unbelievable. 13 yeah. catches, 172 yards. No touchdowns, but who cares? Uh, Devontae Parker, two touchdowns, seven for 159. Somebody's going to pay that man. I don't know who, but somebody. Alshon Jeffrey, I can't believe it. I had faded off Jeffrey in favor of Dallas Goddard. I thought he would be the guy, but Jeffrey really was. Nine for 137 with a touchdown. James Washington was a thing. Mike Williams was a thing. I mean, it's funny. Williams, Washington, all these guys who've done hardly anything all year, and they're all, all guys that we liked. All of a sudden, they showed up in week 13, and I'm just like, well, great. Where have you been all season? I know. I'll kick myself for Mike Williams in one of my season-long leagues. I just have no faith in, in playing this guy. So and that was, I guess, encouraging to see. You know, again, DJ Moore has a has a pretty solid day, finds the end zone. That was nice to get three touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, but, yeah, there were some surprising performances for sure, Elshon Jeffrey being one of them. Devontae Parker, maybe surprising that he finished wide receiver one for the week. Still have Monday Night Football, but Overall, this guy's been pretty good. I mean, at least 56 yards and a touchdown in every single game but one. The one game he didn't do, it came against your Pats in week two, right? He had seven targets, zero catches. That just happens. But, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not afraid to throw the ball to Devontae Parker. And he's turning into, you know, a fantasy MVP in season-long leagues and just a beautiful discount in DFS again this past week. He was so cheap. Got double-digit targets in four straight games. He's hit the 91-yard mark in three straight contests. So he's been... He's been really, really good. And then there was another wideout that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, maybe not so much surprising, but Tyler Boyd. Maybe we can go back. We mentioned him in a good maybe. matchup with Andy Dalton. You know, he's, he's averaging 10 targets per game with Dalton. And, you know, with Finley, he wasn't even getting six targets a game. So, Chris, on the uh, same day, I just want to I just want to point out the same day, we had a Redskins victory, a Bengals victory, and a Dolphins victory. I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, I this was this is horrible. I hope Mike <laughs> Randall's okay. I hope he can make it to the show on Friday because this was brutal. Now we were right about the Steelers, so that's for sure. So we definitely nailed that one. But this was absolutely three wins brutal. from those teams who now have a combined seven wins on the season. And I guess if you're a Bengals fan, you can feel pretty good about the fact that Miami. Also won. Washington also won. The Giants now holding the second pick, and they don't want a quarterback. So even if the Bengals do fall to, I don't know, second overall where they get that pick and it's the Giants, they can feel pretty good about maybe Joe Burrow being a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's start to look ahead a little bit. Monday, Thursday here. Uh, Obviously, tonight you got the Seahawks 
and uh, you know, of course the Minnesota Vikings though. So we'll see, you know, because we saw Kirk Cousins be really good a couple weeks ago. We're like, oh, look at them beating the Cowboys. Wow, that's huge. Go on the road having a big game. But then we see the Cowboys more and we go, oh, well, maybe that's not such an exciting feat after all. So can he go in there and be any good uh, with what he's got left there? Because he's still got Diggs, still got Delvin Cook, no Adam Thielen in this one. Uh, we know Seattle's kind of tough to gauge, especially with that running game now. Tough uh, situation there. Vikings very good against the run. You've got a scenario also where you don't know who's touching the football how many times. Now you're in a timeshare with the running backs. And then the Monday night game, uh, excuse me, the Thursday night game, you got Cowboys at Bears. So that's another one where you just kind of throw your hands up and you go, all right, well, it's in Chicago. I don't know if I'm buying any good thing about the Bears defense anymore. The Cowboys, you know, they put up stats in that game. If you look at the stats of Dak Prescott and some of the other players, you're like, wow, they must have yeah. had a hell of a game. They put up 15 points on Thanksgiving. It's absolutely brutal. So how do you approach this Monday, Thursday slate? Seahawks, Vikings, Bears, Cowboys. What's your approach? Yeah, it's this is tough. Um yeah, I mean Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is is a guy that you can one hundred percent trust is just somebody who's just gonna get a ton of touches on so the other side. Build around him, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you just build around him. I mean, you're you're really just you're you're completely rolling the dice with the Seattle backfield, although Seattle says that Chris Carson is still their guy, but I mean he's their guy until when? If he does he fumble the football in the first quarter? tonight and then he's benched the rest of the way i mean that is absolutely a possibility i know he didn't get credited for the fumble against the eagles last week but it was completely on him it was a missed assignment russell wilson went to hand it off and he wasn't even paying attention so maybe that's on russell wilson not letting chris carson know the audible the the change at the line but it it was completely on him and russell wilson chewed him out for it after i saw them they were bickering and, and on the sidelines the rest of the way it was carson on the bench and it was penny you know playing the game out icing it and looking pretty good against a tough run defense in Philadelphia. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I feel like Carson is still the guy, but I don't want to put my money on it. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to go with cook. And on the other side, I've been saying this so many times. I, yeah, Dak Prescott's numbers are great. And he's got Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup. Like these guys have looked great this season. Jason Witten has shown up over the past couple of weeks, but run the football with Zeke. It seems like every time they run the football with him from start to finish, they win football games, but when they get away from the run and they're throwing, they get behind and it's just, it's a complete mess. So I think you can run on Chicago and I mean, David Blau, blow Blau, he was able to throw on the bears defense last yeah, week. I mean, so first I, half I mean, of that game was shocking. I thought we we're going to end up with some kind of weird, legendary tall tailor of the time that David Blau made a debut and <laughs> Thanksgiving and beat the bears. Everyone's like, really? It was close, what man. Happened? It was close. Tell me about that story again, grandpa of David Blau on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, Sonny boy, come sit by the fire and I'll tell you that tall tale. But uh, I almost sat Kenny Galladay and he had a 75 yard touchdown <laughs> in the first <laughs> And I missed the playoffs by two points. That (laughs) son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you, I'm looking at this, and and to me, I agree with you. It's Cook. It's Allen Robinson. That's what I'm building around. Yeah. yeah. And then whatever else I can fit in, because those guys are, I think, the two definitive pieces you know you're going to get returns on. Everything else is kind of a crapshoot. I would go back to either Rudolph or Witten at tight end, though. I think that's definitely the way I would go there. I know a lot of people are going to be on Hollister instead, but I think he's going to cost too much. I don't think you can fit in Cook and, and the guys you want. So I think it's okay to fade down a little bit at the tight end position. All right, so let's do that favorite thing we like to do every Monday here, and that is Hot Take uh, Week 14. So we're here already. I can't believe it's the no. season just flies by every year. So let's go through these lightning quick. Panthers at Falcons. Panthers coming off a bad loss here. Kyle Allen, again, just – 
you know, doing Kyle Allen things. Falcons aren't much better. So what what is your scenario on this one? Are we just kind of hoping that uh, Julio is healthy enough to play in this one? If so, you go back there. I know for me, same old, same old. It's DJ Moore and get out of my way because I just I can't get enough. I can't quit him and I refuse to. Yeah, CMC is probably going to be, again, too expensive. He's going to be 11K uh, like he was this week. Oh, my God. Yeah, to get involved with. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, DJ Moore is phenomenal. And he did score a touchdown even this week. I mean, that's the that's the danger. You know, when yeah. you spend 11K on a guy and he doesn't have a touchdown, or at least two, that's yeah. a bad scenario. Yeah, keep an eye on Greg Olson. So if Greg Olson's sideline it probably just means a few more targets for DJ Moore, maybe yeah. Curtis Samuel want to get involved there. The guy that I'm interested in, I can't believe I'm even going to say this, is Devonta Freeman. Just because of Carolina and how bad they've been against running backs. We already talked about yeah. it off the top of the show with Geis and AP. The biggest takeaway for me in, the, in you know just looking at Atlanta last week is that Freeman had missed a bunch of games in a row, and he came back and he got a full workload. He had 17 carries. I know he only had 51 yards. He hasn't been efficient all year long, but the fact that he had 17 carries – and he came away with five targets and four catches. So that's 21, 22 opportunities for that guy. You're going to give him 22 opportunities against Carolina's defense. I mean, he may, he may be a decent play. He may, be, he may have been dropped in season-long leagues, and he's probably going to be pretty cheap in DFS. So, I mean, that's just one maybe contrarian sneaky play in tournaments. All right, Colts and Bucks. Can can you muster enough of the Colts offense to attack the Bucks secondary? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I Pascal? Don't know I don't know, man. Pascal Doyle? That's about it. I don't feel Again, good about backs it. Are, completely confusing now williams only played 16 snaps yesterday it was wilkins and hines getting the good workload uh, the whole after is- williams looked good for two straight games too so yeah it's staying away from colts yeah what about on the buck side would you go back to this well with godwin and evans and just shake it off or no yeah i think so i think he can go back um it, yeah it's amazing bruce arians is just man he's throwing us so many curveballs this year when oj howard was involved yesterday and then the, the backfield i think again just talking off the top i'd be hypocritical if i didn't say about recency bias so you know all those people that paid up for evans and and godwin who were disappointed maybe they decide to go another way this week with you know a full slate on the schedule so I, i'm gonna have no problem going back to them i mean the colts have they've given up some pretty big plays on defense over the past couple weeks all right well if i've got dj Moore, then i've got to have Devonte parker too he's going to take on the jets with the dolphins oh, yeah. this one's going to be in new york so give me give me give me Devonte parker yet again and with the jets you know Le'Veon bell has been really steady last week was kind of a letdown game i think it's a perfect opportunity to buy back in because i think everybody will just be off of it and the dolphins stink against the run so I, i'm i'm gonna go back to Le'Veon bell here in this spot i think they just got down and they got weird and I'm just going to not worry about it. The 49ers schedule doesn't get much easier. Now they're going to go to New Orleans after traveling to Baltimore. So here we go. What do you think of the 49ers against Drew Brees in that building? Whew, that's going to be a good one um, because they have, I mean, I was still impressed with their defense yesterday as well, even though they lost that football game. I thought they held Lamar Jackson in check, you know, for the most part. Uh, that final drive they weren't able to do so but i mean i'm probably i'll probably get involved with maybe like emmanuel sanders in in this spot um from the san fran side of things but that that'll basically be it i mean that's going to be a to me a good game you know saints at home right now favored by three i feel pretty good locking them in to win that game by a field goal is as impressive as san fran's defense has been i still have some major question marks with jimmy garoppolo yeah oh there's definitely major question marks there i'd love to see a little bit of a discount on michael thomas if I get a little discount, I'm in. I'm still going to take it in that building without a doubt. Uh, Lions and Vikings, um, you know, I, I saw the David Blau show. That was fun for a half, but I'm not going to buy into it. <laughs> so I will buy into Dalvin Cook, though. I'll be willing to pay whatever the price yes. is for him on that one for sure. We'll see if Adam Thielen makes it back for that one. Time will tell. Um, I'll tell you what. Cortland Sutton has proven to me he's matchup proof. doesn't matter 
who it is, doesn't matter who's playing quarterback, Cortland Sutton is a good player to own. And he's got touchdown upside every single week. So he's been really steady this year in the Texans. Uh, what are your thoughts on them here? Because they're not a team that does run the ball very well. So that's the one thing the Broncos do well. So I'm curious, wh- what do you think about the Deshaun Watson at home against the Broncos? I mean, hey, if he can put up top two, top three fantasy numbers for the week against the Pats, I mean, I'm going to like him uh, against any team. So I, I thought he I thought he played pretty good last night. And so I'm definitely going to. I'll be interested in him for sure, but you're dead on about Sutton. Another contrarian play last week. I mean, he's been dealing with poor quarterback play, top coverage, nobody else catching balls. The run game has kind of been non-existent. Freeman had more snaps than Lindsay yesterday. It was, you know, an interesting uh, situation for sure. I thought Lindsay was in a good spot to have some success. He disappointed. You know, the Texans are 10-point favorites. Maybe they were able to have some success with, with Carlos Hyde, run the football with him. But again, not a guy I'm going to play in DFS. You know, Hopkins... Sure. That's that's basically it. That's the only Texan I really want. Yeah, to it's Hopkins and Watson. That's about it. That's yeah. all I can ever really feel good about anyway. Ravens at Bills. I think this is a tough one. I really do. Ravens have, you know, they've been riding high. They've had some huge games. I think this could be a classic letdown scenario because I think Buffalo is a good football team. Buffalo's got a little something to prove. Buffalo hits, you know, Lamar Jackson's rolling over people because, you know, he's out there and, you know, safeties and corners are trying to tackle him because he's just blowing past the linebackers. Now that's the this is the one team where this is a team that can hit you in the secondary. So oh, yeah. if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm gonna learn how to slide <laughs> this week because <laughs> those boys out there, I'm telling you right now, Buffalo, they'll take your head off. They don't care. So I think this one's gonna be fascinating to watch. I'm not saying the Ravens are gonna lose, but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people realize. Yeah, I think it, it'll probably go very similar to how things went yesterday with Baltimore and San Fran. I mean, two solid defenses. You know, you know, two mobile quarterbacks here and. Maybe just a grind. I mean, looking right now, Ravens are five and a half point favorites. The the total is set at 43 and a half. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I I, fe- I see this thing playing out at 23-20 or 23-17. I do feel like the Ravens will win, but this is going to be a, another strong test. Buffalo's no pushover. You and I have been talking about the Bills since week one, about this yep. team being underrated defensively, about Josh Allen every single week. You can roll him out in cash. He continues to put up good numbers, even in tough matchups. John Brown continues to be a, a solid fantasy asset that has been underpriced and underowned all year. So those are the two guys that I like if you want to be a contrarian. But, um, you know, I just can't really get involved with any pass catchers. It's like naked Lamar Jackson, and that's it. I mean, it's just, no, really I, I, I agree. And I'll, yeah, and, and look, the Ravens defense has played really well, too. So I don't want to be loving up on the Bills either, but... Josh Allen will still be a good value. I still think Josh Allen will put up points because that's what Josh Allen does. Bengals at Browns. I would expect the Browns to bounce back. Just check on the health of Baker Mayfield here. But Kareem Hunt continues to be a really good full-point PPR investment. He's getting all-purpose yards. He's catching the football. That's what you want. Jarvis Landry, I think, will be good here against the Bengals. As far as the Bengals go, maybe Tyler Boyd. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Uh, And I did have one share of Andy Dalton. He was pretty good. He was my best quarterback. When Andy Dalton is your best-performing quarterback, (laughs) it was a bad, bad week. But that's okay. 13 weeks, bound to have a bad week some point, really miserable, but whatever. Redskins and Packers, so you like Geis against the Pack here in this one in Green Bay? Well, I don't love him. You know, I don't like him enough to to roll him out with confidence in, in season-long formats where, you know, I need a win. But he's, I, I guess, really the... 
he's just a contrarian GPP play the rest of the way. It's just you're not going to be able to trust this backfield because AP's just not going anywhere. He just really isn't. And now this game's in Green Bay, and the Packers are 14-point favorites. They're going to get behind. How much is Geis going to be involved? Is it going to be Thompson? What's going to happen there in the backfield? I mean, AP has been on the field and, and passing downs and caught a few balls over the past couple weeks as well. So, it, honestly probably not involved with any Washington players. I still don't like them despite they're coming up back-to-back wins. Yeah, I was going to say, they're they're rolling now, baby. It's the Dwayne Haskins show. What about yeah, Devontae Adams? Gonna, gonna yeah, yeah, for sure. Adams is Adams has just been so consistent, right? I mean, we just – we. we I, I say we, but in the fantasy community, I feel like Rogers just gets glossed over and it's just Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, which is fine, Aaron Jones. But, I mean, Devontae Adams, ever since he came back off – you know, missing four or five games in a row, 11 targets, seven grabs, 10 targets, seven grabs, 12 targets, seven grabs, 10 targets, six grabs. Very consistent. Mm-hmm. He's got yeah, touchdowns, back-to-back games. Yeah, sounds real good against Washington. He's going to be highly priced, and I guess that's the pivot if you don't want to go Michael Thomas. I mean, the next highest price wide out probably that you want to get in your lineup is Adams. All right, four o'clock games. We've got the Chargers, the Jaguars. Ugh, I don't know about this one. Uh, but I will like Eckler. I think Eckler is the one guy that I'm going to cherry pick out. I'm not, I'm not going to buy too much in that. And I just don't trust, like if river starts to go South, I just worry about what happens if Tyrod Taylor comes in. So I'm going to uh, Eckler and nothing else for me in that one. You got Steelers Cardinals. We'll see if Carolyn Murray's healthy. I know he wasn't healthy and that was kind of the problem. And you know, in hindsight, I should have pivoted off of him. I was very heavily invested in Kyler Murray, but he did not look like himself in this game. So Steelers defense against Kyler Murray, probably not a great sell for me next week. And then you got Titans, Raiders. Titans have played really well. Chiefs, Patriots. So in these four o'clock games, what kind of catches your fancy here? Well, Derek Henry, again, that's obvious. Not yes. breaking news here. Henry is, Henry is phenomenal. And if you're not going to play Henry, maybe you'll just want to play Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this he's guy's been, been, yeah, he's been really good. It's opened things up for Derek Henry. We've said it before with Marcus Mariota. You just see that they weren't able to run the play action. But I mean, you look at, just overall with Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he's been a top five quarterback over the last few weeks, but 9.1 yards per attempt, that's solid. I mean, he's putting up some pretty good numbers. He's kind of like running Alex around. Smith. You know, like Alex Smith had all yeah. this hype around him, and they never happened, and then he kind of got shipped off, and then all of a sudden in Kansas City started making playoffs and, and yeah, playing man. good football, and they turned that into a huge contract. It's been great. I mean, beat the Chargers, beat the Bucks, lost to the Carolina, BKC, Jacksonville, Indy. Like, those aren't impressive teams that he's beaten, but they're still getting the job done and winning the games. Throwing two touchdowns in every single game, but one over that span. He's got three rushing touchdowns. Look at these, some of these rushing totals, like four for 38, four for 37, seven for 40. I mean, that's like a free point. That's a free touchdown, basically. Four points that you're getting from Ryan Tannehill. So I, and it's a great matchup against Oakland. I mean, the secondary is awful. They've been lit up two weeks in a row now once against the Jets. So, I mean, I like the Titans. If Again, if you're not going to roll with Henry, I think you maybe you take you, you take Tannehill and an A.J. Brown or something like that. Um, I'm with you. I'm completely off the Cardinals. I don't want anything yeah, to do with that. Yeah, I'm off the Cardinals. The or Steelers, the Steelers. I don't want anything. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Like Washington, maybe, I guess. <laughs> Let me tell you something. For, outside of Derrick Henry, I feel like you take this 4 o'clock slate and stick it. I'll tell you what, James White <laughs> interests me against the Chiefs. I will say that. Yes, I do like James White against the Chiefs for sure. That's that's a yeah. piece that I can get behind. But you know, I, I'm hoping that the what we saw in the fourth quarter with the Patriots is a trend where they just start to get a little bit more reckless, a little bit you know, 
uh, more creative and start getting a little bit more aggressive because you don't have the players to get it done. You might as well have the play calling be aggressive and just try to do it that way because you don't have playmakers and you're going to need playmakers to keep up with the Chiefs offense. But the question is, can the Chiefs defense stop anybody? And that's a real question. So that'll be a fascinating game to, to take a look at here at four o'clock. So there's some really good football on the slate. I tell you, 49ers, Saints, Chiefs, Patriots, Ravens, Bills, outstanding games. We're very excited about them, and you should be excited too for that Line Star app. So make sure you are downloading that Line Star app and using it right now. We got a couple weeks left of football season, and baseball is just around the corner. So go get it right now and upgrade to that premium product. That'll do it for me and Chris today. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at Chris Meany, at Joe Pizzapia17, and of course at Line Star app and Line Star NFL. That'll do it for me and Chris. And uh, there's nothing left to do now on the pre-snap except break the huddle. And it's time to set down with. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.